listening to Inside Healthy Teams by Apricot Consulting, a series that draws on the experience of experts to unearth the principles of personal and team leadership. For more information, go to apricotconsulting.us. Today on Inside Healthy Teams, we uncover one of the critical topics of leadership, the ability to provide and give feedback to staff that would ultimately lead to stronger engagement, better people, and more productive organisations. Listen as we talk to the GM of Fisher & Pikell. Welcome, Graham. Thank you, James. Nice to be here. Great to have you. Tell us about what you do and your business and anything else relating to your experience as a manager. I work for Fisher & Pikell Healthcare and have so for the last 30 years. Uh, Fisher & Pikell Healthcare uh, is a healthcare business uh, predominantly focused in respiratory care. Many people would be aware of the brand Fisher & Pikell, but perhaps not so much with the healthcare part of the business. We are a separate entity and have been since 2000. Uh, we predominantly focus in adult intensive care, neonatal intensive care and um, obstructive sleep apnea products and have been doing so for the last 50 years. So globally, it's a, a billion dollar business. Um, we have four and a half thousand employees. We sell into uh, 28 countries directly, I think, and then distribute into another 122, uh, somewhere around that number. And uh, we've been in Australia now for since 1987 and uh, we currently have a staff of approximately 88 people within the Australian operation. Very, very interesting line of work, Graham, uh, in regards to helping people sleep and so forth and provide those solutions. Interesting. Now, out of all your uh, management responsibilities, where do you rank the importance of giving and receiving feedback? And what role do you see feedback playing in a business, uh, I guess, to support engagement, productivity, and potentially even a return on investment? Sure. Feedback, obviously, is a very, very important part of what managers do. I think it helps to align their staff to the core values of a business, what we're trying to achieve. Obviously, as a predominantly a sales organisation, we're driven by sales targets and numbers. Um, so you are giving constant feedback as far as how people are progressing against their budgets and against previous year. But also, just as important, I think, the uh, feedback that you give people as to how they work uh, from a on an individual basis, how they interact with customers, with staff, all those things. So feedback and, and giving that on a continual basis is very important, as is communication. So we are a business which very much encourages our managers to be in constant contact with their staff. Uh, we would prefer to be at more face-to-face, -face, second by phone, less by email. Um, it helps when you're in front of someone, you can read people's body language, you get to know them more as a person, um, and I think that uh, only enhances the quality of the feedback that you can have and give. Excellent. Why is it that do you think that many find the topic of feedback 
something that organisations are some some organisations are okay at, and others are particularly not strong at. I think it's confronting. Let me first add, having been with Fisher and Pock for thirty years, I'm probably not that familiar with how other businesses run, but I think. Typically, people don't like difficult conversations and will try and put those off if at all possible. I think uh, one of the things that we do as an organisation is we have regular performance reviews. And I think that with those performance reviews, typically, and it doesn't apply to Fisher and Paykel, that is a time when staff come in and can be quite anxious in that they are going to have some sort of correction in their behaviours or something like that. Our philosophy is is that with a performance review that it should be something that is a mutual discussion where there is interaction with, with the manager and the employee and I think particularly it's not a time when an employee should ever come in and be surprised and be have a difficult discussion, those things should happen at that point of time. So if there is a behaviour which needs to be corrected or some feedback given which is of a difficult nature, that should never ever wait for a particular time. We always encourage that that be adopted straight away. Adopt more of a just-in-time approach as opposed to, as you, as you said, a... Well, if you've got someone which is displaying a behaviour which you'd like to correct or bring attention to, the longer you leave that go, the, the more the, the person to think that can think that's acceptable or, you know, may not even be aware. So I think done with sensitivity and also being done with examples and being clear on which you'd like that behaviour to be corrected if required. I guess I am dwelling on those things where there is an issue and that's not always the case. I think uh, as managers too, we're very, very quick or we can be very quick to um, criticise or recognise behaviour that we'd like to change. And I think uh, something we don't all do very well, but to actually, when you see good behaviour, highlight that and go and say something like, I really appreciate what you've done, I really appreciate the extra mile you've gone and those things, and I think that's an area of feedback which sometimes uh, is not given the emphasis and focus that it could. Yes. I'm sure over the years you've received varying degrees of feedback yourself, Graham, from, from other staff, and whether it be a direct report that you mm. were reporting into. What's the best feedback you ever received in a professional setting? Well, this is probably a good advertisement for um, Apricot. Uh, I think one of the things that I did, which was the most confronting when I moved into the general manager's role, it's not always easy as a manager to get candid or straight feedback from staff. And I was really anxious and keen to know exactly what my staff were thinking. So at that time, I engaged with Derek and asked him if he would conduct some 180-degree interviews with, uh, I think it was six of my staff that reported to me. Um, some were in Australia, some were in New Zealand. Um, some of those staff didn't report but knew me well. And it was important for me to get a gauge of where I was at and how I actually managed people and what were the flaws in the way I actually managed. And sitting that down with people that have been reporting to you some time, 
uh, respectfully, is not an easy thing for them to do. So what we did was I engaged Eric and he uh, did one-on-one -on -one interviews with six of my staff and then compiled that feedback um, and uh, made them at ease that there were no names, there were no surprises for anyone and then came back to me and uh, gave me that feedback um, in a holistic view. Again that was confronting, uh, it was interesting, it was an incredibly worthwhile experience and I would encourage any manager to do that because uh, it's, it's that time when you really find out what people are thinking of you or what they would perhaps like to see some of your behaviours or your attitudes correct, be corrected. Great. It takes a bit of courage too, right, to step into that uh, openness, if you like. To oh, I've proceed. never really considered myself to be courageous, but uh, it, it, it did take um, a continual prompting on my behalf because <laughs> no one was going to push me to do it. Um, and it's not something that uh, we regularly do as a company, um, although I have now got two of my uh, managers to undergo the same uh, thing, uh, which I think they both found as beneficial as well. Right. So how do you personally handle the topic of difficult feedback conversations? And I guess related to that question is what advice can you provide for other leaders who have to deliver some hard messages? I think, first of all, I've always believed the way to manage someone and to, to deal with them is to treat people exactly how you would like to be treated. And I guess most people, I would think, would agree with me that it's really that you want to be respected as a person and you want to be treated with dignity. So in those regards, when you do have a difficult conversation, it's always got to be a one-on-one -on -one and it's got to be in an environment where that person feels comfortable. And if it is a harsh message, again, it be delivered respectfully um, and as kindly as possible. I also think that you need to sit back before giving that feedback and have a good think about what you're actually going to portray to that person because you need to be able to put yourself in that person's shoes and show empathy. I don't believe people mean to do what is not good behaviour or it's just something that can happen and sometimes that's just um, naivety or ignorance or it's actually been poor management on perhaps my behalf where I actually haven't been clear in my direction. But I, again, I think it's a, an occasion where you want to make that person feel as comfortable as possible. It's uh, as managers and as salespeople, we like to talk. And, uh, you know, I'm often reminded in basic sales training, it's 20% speaking, 80% listening. So you really need to make sure that you slow down your thought process and make sure you give that person plenty of time to respond and be supportive in whatever way you can because it's not a pleasant conversation for either the deliverer or the person that's actually having to be on the other end listening. So, again, empathy... Uh, done in a way of support, but you do need to be firm and make sure at the end of that conversation that the person is very, very clear on what your message is and that they clearly understand what you are trying to say to them. Yes. Do you believe in the concept of the pre-work, which is basically building the credibility to be able to provide feedback in the first instance? I, th I think you have to be very considered before you enter that conversation with that person. For me, and I can only state on a personal level, it's been easy for me because I've been with the company for so long and progressed 
throughout the business in a manner of uh, different uh, positions. So there's not a lot which has happened within Fisher and Pockle that I don't know about. So I guess I come from a position that's quite unique having been here so long that the pre-work is inherent in me. Uh, I'm not sure that I'm answering your question very well, but I get, you know, preparation is paramount in whatever you do and make sure that you are as prepared as possible and effectual as possible when you are sitting down in those discussions. Terrific. You've already touched on this a little bit already, but it's easy to get isolated and difficult to get people to be candid with us, yes. particularly as a GM or a senior leader. Yes. Uh, are there other, you've already touched on a scenario where you elicited that feedback and you used another firm to draw some of that feedback out from some of your direct reports. Um, how do you today ensure that you hear feedback from those that are maybe direct reports or even lower from you? Well, I've only got four direct reports, which uh, I, I'm very, very fortunate that I have uh, very good people working for me and my direct reports are all outstanding. I'd like to think that I have a very good relationship with each one of them. Uh, there would be rarely a day go past that I do not speak with them, either face-to-face -face or by phone. So communication's paramount. I think it's also really important that you actually uh, enjoy that person that you're working with. That's not always the case, I understand that, but as, where as much as possible, you want to be able to build that relationship and have a strong, open relationship where possible. Just as an instance, I've often say to uh, Sarah, my PA, um, with the cut and thrust of the day, you can be quite ignorant to how your behaviour may be around the office. Stressful situations occur, and not everyone always handles those well, but I quite often uh, ask Sarah if she would straighten me up as I call it or pick me up if she sees that I've been terse or the way I've actually conducted myself in front of other people is not what she would know she knows me well that I would be wanting to portray I need her to come to me and just say Graham just notice this you might just want to be aware of it and you, you're not always because you know your days fill up very quickly and get very busy uh, with a couple of other my reports, I often sit down and I will actually ask them, are you happy about the way I've done that or are you comfortable with the way I've done that? Uh, is there anything that you're not happy with, with the, the way I'm communicating this? Or Yeah, so I think you, you've got to put yourself in a position where you make yourself vulnerable to hear that feedback and criticism sometimes which we don't always like to hear, but you, you do need to be straightened up by those people that you trust their opinions and value their direction around you. Terrific. And do you find it's easier then to, uh, I guess as a leader, you model the behaviours that you want to see in the business. Is that easy for you to see that scaffold down to the, your line managers and then direct down to their teams? Is that I think as your relationships grow within your business, and we've been very fortunate that a number of our uh, senior managers have been with us for a long time, that you do see those behaviours model. I, I see it in myself from my managers above. Uh, you, you do take on their thought process, and, and I'm very fortunate to work for uh, people uh, both here in New Zealand, which have incredibly high values, 
their integrity is impeccable. So it's not a difficult thing for me to mirror uh, because my values and the integrity of how I like to conduct business is very much in line with uh, the management structure that I have both here and in New Zealand. So it's never been a difficult thing for me. Um, but yes, you do tend to see those things. And I think when we employ people too, we go to great lengths or as much as possible to make sure that we employ the right person. So we take into a lot of consideration, obviously we must have the correct skill set, but over and above that, we try as much as we can, you employ in character and you employ on attitude. Uh, those things which people need the tools to do the job, we can pretty much teach them if they have the right foundation. Character and attitude, that's a little harder to uh, be able to change in people. So I think on that basis, that aligns us in having people that are aligned with our values and the way we like to do business, and that yeah. makes things a lot easier. So you're talking about a culture there that actually supports a culture of feedback because of the underpinning values that really sit behind that. Yes. Yeah, it makes it easier to be able to, not necessarily an easy thing to do, but makes it an environment where it's more conducive for that. Yes, look, I think uh, we're reasonable at it. We can obviously be a lot better, and it's something that we've focused recently on improving more. But uh, it's one of those things where it's a continual, it's a continuous improvement pattern that we need to get better at. Some are much better at it than others, but it's something that we encourage our managers that it's something that needs to take place. Yep. And also that our staff are feeling comfortable that we have an open door policy that should there be anything that's uh, of concern to them, that they want to be feel comfortable that they can come and talk to their managers where possible. Yes. Ken, you touched on this earlier around the timing of feedback, um, where you mentioned about, you know, let's not wait for the performance review to provide feedback, is... How do you see the, the whole concept of annual reviews and feedback versus the more as-you-go feedback and how you see those playing together? Again, I can only speak on our behalf. We have uh, two performance reviews uh, each year. Uh, I have heard of organisations where they do four. I think that's a little clunky because of the number of staff and particularly some managers, the number of their reports, it makes it very difficult to be able to do it that frequently. I think once a year is not enough. And I think a lot of their time, that performance review feedback is more for the staff member than it is for the manager. And it's not so much where, again, I, as I said earlier on, it's not so much that the staff member should come to that performance review expecting or not expecting to hear something that uh, is a, of a confronting nature. Uh, again, if you see a behaviour which you need to think needs to be corrected or communicated uh, to your staff member about, don't wait for that performance review. You need to address that very, very quickly and get on it. That let go is a culture killer. And I think it's not fair to the person, either your staff member, you have a responsibility to make sure that you get onto that as quickly as possible. Terrific. Well, Graham, I think that's come to the end of our time on today's podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Pleasure. And uh, thank you all for joining us on Inside Healthy Teams. Goodbye. Goodbye.
Thanks for listening to Inside Healthy Teams by Apricot Consulting. We hope you found it helpful. And if you did, it would help us if you could rate and review this episode on your podcast platform and subscribe for more episodes. For more information, go to apricotconsulting.us.